Hey, thanks for downloading this podcast. If you want to listen live, be sure to download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Hour number two of Fantasy Sports today is here. Joe and I back uh, diving into some fantasy baseball discussion as well as everything going on in the world of fantasy sports. The show starts now. Fantasy Sports Today. Toward the end zone. It is Seattle's going to the Super Bowl. Fires up the middle. Pass is caught by Owens. Owens made the catch. Oh, Pass is caught. Diggs! Sideline! Touchdown! Unbelievable! Toss to White. Welcome back. This is Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish, Joe Pizzapia. Follow me on Twitter at Craig Mish. Follow Joe on Twitter at Joe Pizzapia17. We're here every day from noon to 2 Eastern talking fantasy, talking reality, talking gambling with you. Sean Guastamaca, as always, is helping out. And Dr. Roto is coming your way with full-time fantasy in an hour from now. Joe, uh, you know what happens a lot, football aside, is that folks, I think, who play uh, fantasy, and we've been really illustrating in the first hour kind of how that works a little bit, is that it is only natural and probably acceptable that after grinding out March and April and May and June and July, that if you get to the point in your league and you're playing in a roto league, which is predominantly, I think, what most people who are listening to us do, and they find themselves near the bottom, it is only natural to play for integrity, I would hope, but understand that they're probably not going to win the league. Like if you are in 11th place or 10th place out of 12, obviously if you're 12, but if you're in 10th or 11th out of 12, you probably are not paying as close attention. And it, by the way, it has nothing to do with football, in my opinion. Zero, zip, zilch. The average person does not care about football in June. The nut job does, but the average person does not. But if you find yourself out of it, it is only natural because I've been in that spot to say, you know what? I'm going to make sure I play this league out. I may not be as active on the waiver wire. And furthermore, I may not be paying close attention to what players are doing in the second half of the season. And that could end up costing me the following year. But we all have lives. The summer comes, your kids are off, or you're traveling around, and I completely get it. But that's what we're here for, is to tell you a little bit about what you may have missed. And so, Joe, we're going to go through that exercise a little bit here. Yeah, and I always feel like that's uh, even so, even despite distractions or, you know, not being involved with leagues or something like that. By the time you turn the page, even August and September, because not even June, July, it's it's really even August and September, where I think by the end, that's when football really is heating up and training camp is heating up. And some fantasy baseball teams, you're kind of locked into your fate, either in the middle or at the bottom, and you can't really change it by August and September. And that's when these post all star stats really matter. And they also matter in the sense of trying to get a gauge on what some of these players are and who they are and where their value is for 2020. And the first one is Cattell Marte, who last year had a breakout season, was a guy that I wrote about a ton last year, and I had so many shares of. And his first half was so good, Craig, that I sold. I sold everywhere because I did not think it was sustainable. I was I was second-guessing myself to the point where, man, it's been so good, and everybody's now come to this camp. Maybe it's time to get out just in case. And we've seen it many, many times. Guys have great first halves and then fall off. Well, Marte did not fall off. After the All-Star break last year, he hit 358 with a 434 OBP, a 647 slugging, and a 1,081 OPS. He had 12 home runs, six deals. The guy was an absolute beast. And it's one of the reasons why this year 
he becomes a question mark where everyone's saying, well, can you repeat that season? I look at the second half, a time where normally after a big first half, guys would fall off or guys get adjusted to. I didn't see that at all. Marte looks like the real deal, and I think you should feel pretty good about him in drafts. Does the second half make you feel good about Marte in 2020 leagues? Fascinating player. Uh, no one saw this kind of breakout that what he had last year. No. I, I could make the argument that that was the biggest. Well, I don't know if it was the biggest. Alonzo hitting those home runs and Alvarez hitting those home runs was a pretty significant surprise. But yes, more, but at the same time, those guys were earmarked giant prospects, can't miss prospects. Yeah, no, bro. that's, that's true. performed that's above true. board, but their, their profile level was much I don't, I don't know if Marte. we talked about this, but two years ago, Marte was given an extension in the spring, I think. Yeah, and, I remember and, that. And I ended up taking him in a couple of leagues late and said a dumb narrative. Well, if they extended him and they gave him this money, they obviously <laughs> believe in the guy's talent, and he had a horrible year. And I said, I'm not going to make that mistake again. And I was a year too early on the player. He um, was the centerpiece of the Segura trade, correct? If, if I'm wrong, right? When he went to Seattle, I'm almost positive of that. Uh, I mean, I, he was in the trade. Was he the centerpiece of it? I want to say he was. Well, he was a he was a prime prospect in Seattle at the time of that trade. And then he came over and people were waiting to see what happened. And people said, well, I mean, he might be able to be a 15-15 guy. And then last year happened. I don't think anybody saw it coming. But the second half gives me gives me confidence that it's not a fluke. Even if he doesn't repeat the same season, can he come 85% of it somewhere in that range? I think he can because usually the second half is when you start to fall off and, and, and things don't go as well for you after a monstrous breakout couple months. Yeah. A fascinating player. I would, I would have to bet against him doing what he did last year. Um, but that being said, I'm a big fan of the Diamondbacks and they are one of the more intelligent teams in the big leagues. They've made some very shrewd and smart moves. And their players seem to get better. They also have been able to get out from under a player potentially when the guy is heading in the other direction. So uh, circling Arizona is maybe even more important to me, Joe, than even looking at the player. Right. Uh, I'm not. I'm not surprised at the second half because I follow baseball throughout the whole season. Maybe some people are surprised to see it, but everybody knew what kind of year he was having. He was an all-star, etc. Uh, my guess is is that he is uh, nowhere near as poor as he was two years ago and probably not near what he was last year. So that would put me somewhere in the middle of, of the last two years. But for him to hit close to 40 home runs, uh, I don't know. I mean, maybe. <laughs> I mean, Steals maybe. are there too. I mean, he's an all-around great player and and a guy that gives you position flexibility, which is another huge win. The fact that you can move him around depending on your league eligibility rules. Here's another name too. Had a, a nice second half. Tim Anderson slash 357, 376, 529 with a 904 OPS. The funny part was about this second half is that if I asked you how many stolen bases Anderson had in the second half, you'd probably give me, I don't know, eight, ten, something like that, maybe off the top of your head. He had two. And Anderson is a guy yeah, that, that a lot of Roto people yeah. start to look at and go, huh, two, just two. And I am splits are a huge, huge part of the black book. It's something every year. And I tell my writers, I'm like, look, if you're doing profiles for me this year, you need stat splits. You need lefty righty home road, all that stuff needs to be in there. And second half, first half, because it really tells you the story about a player season and about a player himself. And the, th the funny narrative with Anderson is that, well, he's a nice uh, guy. He's, he's really emerging as a hitter. But as he's emerging in a hitter, it's funny because it felt like as he got better as a hitter, the stolen bases kind of went away. Now, maybe that's also kind of a something that's going on with the White Sox. But I think it's a fascinating thing to keep a look on, too, because what's going to happen with Robert when he gets up there? Everybody has these big expectations for steals. So I thought the Anderson two stolen bases in the second half is something to really uh, be aware of. I don't know if you want to pay attention to it too much, but I think at the very least you have to be aware of when you're bidding on him in 2020. Yeah, I wasn't aware of of, uh, of those steals numbers for sure. So I definitely will. Um, you know, one name that you have here is we've put together here a list of of some of the great second half finishers, or at least interesting different aspects of it. Is uh, J D. Davis? <laughs> Man, like he made Todd mm -hmm. Frazier so ex expendable. 
Uh, I, I really like J.D. Davis in Houston. Um, they just had no room for him. And and what's happened with the Astros is is that I don't want to say he's trash. OK, let me let me not use that analogy. But when, when, <laughs> when, 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 when somebody says that somebody's trash is somebody else's treasure, oh, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. J.D. Davis fit into that category. He just he was a player that, that couldn't 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 scratch the lineup. You know, Tony Kemp's another one. I don't know what Tony Kemp will be in Oakland, but he's like another example of a guy that just couldn't really find a spot. And Musgrove is another example of a, of a, of a player who's never reached his potential, but really wasn't going to crack the rotation in Houston. Right. They ended up moving him to Pittsburgh. So, uh, and he was in the cold trade too. That's, that's not. Uh, yeah. And look, JD Davis is about at bats this year. So, and it looks like that bats are going to come. It looks like he's probably going to play third base and McNeil's probably going to go to the outfield, which will help keep McNeil, uh, pretty you know healthier at least but also the other guy too on this list was nelson cruz who everyone keeps wondering well when's the end of nelson cruz coming once the end of, i don't know but i don't think it's this year because he had 25 home runs in the second half drove in 62 runs hit 344 with an 1147 ops so anybody who thinks this is the year to get out on nelson cruz okay good give him to me i'll take my chances because he doesn't look like he's slowing down either all right, we're off and running here in the second hour of the show. We got plenty more to come here on our show, Fantasy Sports Today. And when we come back next, we're going to take a look at the National League East, pick some players. Joe's got a nice little grouping of some potential breakout players in the National League East. You're listening to FST right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I'm Craig Mitchell along with Joe Pizzapia with you here on the show. Don't forget, like and subscribe to our show if you wish. Over on iTunes, Android, or Google Play. You can also listen to us live on the iHeartRadio app as well as tune in and, of course, at Fantasy Sports network.com don't go away more fantasy sports today is coming up next in just a couple of minutes craig mish joe pizapia this is fantasy sports today don't go away are you ready for the nation's first and only free 24-hour network dedicated to you the betting and fantasy sports enthusiast sports grid will provide you with real-time content statistics and gaming intelligence unlike anything you've ever seen before Located both in the heart of New York City and inside the FanDuel Sportsbook at the Meadowlands, SportsGrid is live 18 hours a day, here to serve you, the fanatic. This is SportsGrid. Get on the grid. I like fantasy sports today. And I like football. And I'm going to keep doing them both because they make me feel good. Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish along with Joe Pizzapia with you here on the show as the fantasy baseball season approaches every year, unlike the 80s and the 90s. They are, these players are coming up from the minors are so ready and they are so prepared at levels like we've never seen. Now, again, maybe the baseball had something to do with that last year, specifically with the rookies of the year in the American League and the National League with Alonso and Alvarez. Who would have ever thought that rookies would come up and hit 40 bombs in a season? And from Alvarez's perspective, this dude didn't even play at all in April. And I don't even think in May, too. So it's it's important to find that. It's also important to find players that could go from their first year to the second year and still maintain success or at least get better. And so our dive in today is here on the 2020 National League East. And this is a division that, of course, I am quite familiar with covering the Marlins on a daily basis. And of course, with Joe and his black book and all the discussion that he does, he has players there as well. So interesting list here that Joe has put together. And uh, of the five teams in here, uh, of five teams in here and the five things. I, I think I agree with three of the five and I have some exceptions to the rule, but let's kind of take it uh, player by player and team by team. And Joe, let's start off with the Atlanta Braves. Who do you think is their breakout star in 2020? And breakout again has different definitions. And I think for different teams it has different definitions too. So I think this is, these are guys that I think can make an impact in your fantasy team. These are guys that I think, whether it be at the first half of the year, second half of the year or all year have the ability to even perhaps improve on what they did last year. 
And the first one is the Atlanta Braves, and it's Ian Anderson. Now, here's the thing with this guy. Last year, he threw 111 innings in AA, and they were outstanding. Uh, 21 starts he made. He was 7-5 with a 2.68 ERA. He had an 11.9 K per nine, which is something I always look. Whenever I'm looking at young pitchers, I want to see the K per nine and then the strikeout-to-walk ratio. And the strikeout-to-walk ratio is 3-1. to one. Still walking too many guys, but by the time he got to AAA last year, he made those five starts. He was kind of gassed, which is fine because that's what you would expect. The year before, he threw 100 innings. So when he went to 111, those last 25 didn't really work out. The fact that the Braves did not go out of their way to add another starting pitcher and the fact that the Braves rotation has so many questions in it, this kid's going to start probably at some point in time in AAA this year. And there's a really good chance you're going to see this kid by midseason because either attrition in the uh, in the actual rotation with injury or because of how good his performance might possibly be at AAA. But I think they're looking at Anderson, just like they're looking at Austin Riley and saying, okay, we've got the kids to fill these holes and continue to grow with this young team. And the best part is, He's probably got 150 innings in this tank. So if they manage him properly, a lot of those innings, maybe even 100 of them, could be on the major league level. So that's my take on Ian Anderson. Craig, how do you feel about him this year? I like Ian Anderson a lot, and uh, the Braves have been very hesitant to trade him because some of the other pitchers that have come up through their organization, and they do have a ton of talent, but Joe, a lot of the Braves pitchers that they have in the minors, and we're talking about Kyle Wright, who we saw last year, we're talking about Wentz, and and they have some others as well. Uh, those are like the three, four starter ilk. Anderson has a chance to be a one. And as a general manager like Alex Anthopoulos is, when you have a chance of a minor league pitcher to be a number one starter, the only way that you're making that trade is if you're getting an elite player back in return. And, and by the way, somebody under uh, control as well. Anderson is going nowhere. I don't think that he's involved in any deal potentially to get uh, Nolan Arenado or anybody else. Uh, Anderson has a chance, I think, to be in the rotation, although uh, he's got nothing left to prove in the minors. And so I'm not sure what their plan is with him. My guess is he's a player from May on that we'll see in the big leagues, which is perfectly fine. I would project him probably to get somewhere between 18 to 20 starts this season. And I think that he certainly can provide you in a 12-team league or a 15-team league, maybe in SP4 or SP5 at the end of the season. Also keeping in mind, I don't think that he cracks the big league team in the big league rotation in April. No, uh, definitely not. I think I think giving him 40 innings, maybe even 50 at the minor league AAA this year would be smart. You know, let him kind of just get confident. And before you bring him up, I think that's the way to go. On, on the next one here, the Washington Nationals. The fact that now almost default, and I, I think this might be the one you probably disagree with me on. We'll, we'll see if, that, <laughs> if that's it. It's Carter Keboom, and they really didn't address third base with Donaldson. They weren't able to do that. I know they brought in Cabrera, but really, we've seen a lot of players who have talent come up and fail miserably and then bounce back from it and be good. And look, let's not fool ourselves. The 11 games that he played last year for the Nats was miserable. I understand he played in the PCL last year. And you always want to take PCL stats with a grain of salt, but they were still a pretty good slash, a three, four, five slash almost, which is elite level. Even if you knock it all down, take 20% off of it or 15% off of it because it's PCL, it's still a pretty good player. And I, I want to think that he has an opportunity at some point in the season with another good start at AAA to make an impact at some point in time. And how incredible that breakout is, I don't know. It's not a huge breakout, but I think it's a breakout in terms of taking a shot at that everyday job because I think that void is there. And I think barring any kind of trades that he is going to have that job when we look at the second half of the season, I think Carter Keboom gets a shot at it at the very least. Do you think he's going to get a shot at it? Yeah, I mean, see, that's see, for me when I'm looking at a breakout, though, uh, respectfully, Joe, I want someone who's in my lineup at the very least in May. I think know? in 15 that's, to 20, I, maybe not in May, but I think by, by June, perhaps you could get him. You might, you know what? I, I mean, look, they've got I like the talent. On this team. I, I, listen, I like the talent. I think that there's a chance he certainly, look, Juan Soto got called up super early, too, but there were a lot of injuries there, and that's what this is going to require. And if I'm not mistaken, they re-signed Howie Kendrick, so they still have him, and they still have uh, Starling Castro, and they still have Azdrubal Cabrera. So he will have a chance, I think, to make it. I'm not worried at all about his cups of coffee that he had last year at the big leagues and didn't succeed. I think that this kid is absolutely going to be a player. 
I just don't see it coming in 2020. I don't. I don't. I don't see it this year. I think that he'll be a star in the league for years to come. I don't see a clear path barring an injury. If there's an injury, you, we'll, we could certainly look back on this and 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 I would say, hey, Joe, a great call with Carter Keyboom, but we would also say great call because the guy got hurt. I think with no injuries, Carter Keyboom has, has nowhere to play. I, I don't disagree with that unless he has such a great PCL season that they have no choice but to give him a shot there. If they're getting mediocre production from or they need a bounce, like if they struggle and the Nationals struggled in the first half last year, everyone forgets that because they won the World Series. They were not a good team. In of the first course, half. I saw him here. They got if they need a, by the Marlins. If, right. If they need a bounce. Maybe you bring up a kid and you get a bounce. Maybe that happens. Uh, the next one, look, a lot of people could argue last year was his breakout. Yeah, I don't know why, why this guy's well, on thing. your list. <laughs> well, because I feel like I feel like it's a breakout for you and me and kind of the baseball hardcore kind of get Jeff McNeil. But I don't think the baseball masses get what Jeff McNeil is. And I did a comparison last year in April, uh, Swing Path and everything. I put two videos together and I put them up on the internet of and a piece that I wrote for Fantract about him and Matt Carpenter. And it is eerie if you go back and look at their Similar like profile, similar swing path, finish, everything. And I think he can be that kind of player. Yeah, I mean, he played 133 games last year. He had 23 dingers, hit 318. He's everything you want. But the problem is the Alonzo story was really the story last year of the Mets. And I still think on a national profile, not like the East, like you and I watch more of than most people. I don't think nationally he gets that appeal yet. And I think this year, if he plays 155 games, he goes into that territory of, oh my gosh, this guy McNeil is a really good player too. You know, Alonzo is great, but this guy McNeil is, is the goods as well. Yeah. Um, again, don't disagree with the player, but in for, for what you're trying to accomplish here, um, the I different term would be national stage breakout. I think he was a breakout for baseball, hardcore people, people who follow the National League East. I don't think on a national level, anybody gives a crap about how did I have that. how did I have this guy and have Acuna and have all these guys? I don't know, Craig. I really don't know and who won that league. Who'd you lose to? I don't know. I, I got to go back. See, you don't even know. You don't even know who won the expert draft and you were in no, it. The, it was Tower Wars. Right. Who won? Uh, it? I think Steve Gardner won. Well, there you go. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Steve Gardner won. Embarrassing. All Honestly, right. embarrassing that I could have Acuna and him and all this kind of talent and not, and not win. That, no, all right. Uh, let's wrap it up with the me. Phillies and then the Marlins. Is completely okay. Off. Phillies, so, uh, Phillies is Scott Kingery, who was a guy everybody was super high on in 2018 and right. kind of flopped. Yep. This is kind of the whole lesson with Carter Keyboom uh, in a way, too. Don't don't get too concerned. Talent is talent. Give him time. He had really good minor league track record last year. He had a 19 home run, 15 stolen base season. He hit just under 260, but he was also bouncing around. I think giving this kid every day at bats, giving him one spot to play is a big difference. And I think you could see a bounce in maybe even a 20. 20 season from him, if Absolutely. not maybe 25, 20. Uh, and best, the last one is Jazz Chisholm the for the Marlins. Yeah, best name on the list. Well, thank figure. you, sir. Uh, and Jazz Chisholm is the next one because I, again, yeah, this I makes feel no like sense. So you're going to have to eliminate. Well, but here's the thing. Well, here's the, here's the sense of it. If you're going to acquire this kid from Arizona, and I understand he had a down year in Arizona, but I, I think you have to take a shot on him. He was much better when he got out of double A in, into the Miami system. So for whatever reason, he was a highly touted prospect. He bottomed out for some reason in double A with Arizona. Maybe it was an injury. But he was pretty good in those 23 games in double A last year. So he had a good fall league too, a nice fall league performance. So this is one of these guys that maybe you don't have your radar on now. But I think if he has a really good start in double A, makes it a triple A second half of the year, he gets called up and he could be one of these waiver wire ads to keep an eye on. It's tough yeah, for the Marlins to break out. I got to be honest. It was tough. Uh, no, I understand that. It's just he's no no room to play here. I mean, he's not going to he will not be called up until after the All-Star break. So if you want to agree in August, agree. September then uh, that's fine. Um, it was a tough one to find. A breakout Marlin for this year. Um, hey, man, but if Chisholm has a has a double no, A, triple A run, no, no, ends up playing no, the big leagues. No, you never know. He could actually win. Some no, he could be league. really good, but it's not. It's not. He's not getting called up till the end of the year. OK, so let me let me think about this. Real quick. <laughs> oh, how about what about Isan Diaz, Joe? No, no interest there. No, no. See, I look at his manly track record and I am color me unimpressed. 
<laughs> I'll go with, this is not real I'll, baseball. This is, this is, this is stat baseball. This I'll, is go, with, I'll baseball. go with Eason. I'll, I'll throw it down right. here. He, Eason did not look good at all in his call-up last year. Um, I'll go Eason Diaz or, or Monte Harrison. Those are the two that I'll take. All I know with. is that kid hit just, just hit 21 home runs and stole 16 bases last year in 112 games. I know he just hit 220, but when he got to the Marlins, he had 284 in the last 23 games he played in double A there. And he had a nice little fall league. And we all know fall league gives a guy a bounce sometimes. But he's but he's not going to play. I mean, you, you you can't have a breakout player that is not playing at the big league level. I it's, think he's going to I think he's going to push the envelope this year. But we'll see. How? Where is he going to play? Shortstop. And then, so where's Miguel Rojas, Rojas going? I don't know. Was Rojas really the guy that you think you're going to build They just around? gave him a two-year contract extension. He's like the captain of the team. Where's he going? Uh, I guess I guess Chisholm got to play second base then, because I don't think Diaz can hit. Well, D- he's not playing. Jazz Chisholm is playing shortstop. And he's not playing second. He'll play so, if you know they ask him. <laughs> like Jose Reyes. Everyone said that about Mookie uh, Betts was a second you're baseman. Off the you're, off, you're, off, you're off the rails. With what? Because okay. Mookie Betts wasn't a second baseman. They didn't move him to center. It's not, these it's things it. are not happening, though. I mean, all, right. the, all these things that, that you're saying look, are not, are not happening. I was doing my best. I'm trying to get No, look, I, I know. And look, if you don't like Diaz, <laughs> that's completely fair. I mean, I, I totally get that. I mean, look, you, you have to have an opinion on a player that you don't like. And, and you know what? Let's call Chisholm a breakout guy, even for Dynasty, then. A guy that maybe. Dynasty, that's fine. 2020. He's starting shortstop on the Marlins in 2021. All right. There's a chance. He doesn't buy a single game in the big leagues this year. It's possible. Buy low in dynasty leagues right now because I think his his value is low, especially having been dealt to the Marlins. I think that kills his value a little the bit. Best guy of the Marlins for uh for dynasty of all is uh Edward Cabrera. That's the that's the guy. That's okay. the num- that's the number one guy. It's just circle, put down, right pen. He is gonna be uh, a top ten pitcher in all of Major League Baseball. Edward Cabrera. That's the guy. Okay, coming up next, win totals, Major League Baseball. We continue that conversation next. Don't go away. Are you ready for the nation's first and only free 24-hour network dedicated to you, the betting and fantasy sports enthusiast? SportsGrid will provide you with real-time content, statistics, and gaming intelligence unlike anything you've ever seen before. Located both in the heart of New York City and inside the FanDuel Sportsbook at the Meadowlands, SportsGrid is live 18 hours a day, here to serve you, the fanatic. This is SportsGrid. Get on the grid. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Joe Pizzapia. Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish along with Joe Pizzapia back with you here on the show. If you've been catching our shows all week long, cool. You're listening live. You're listening on demand. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, I think even Monday. Oh, yeah, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. What we've been doing is going through some of the Major League Baseball win totals. And they are out right now in Caesars. The Westgate is posting them in two days from now on the 18th. Earlier this morning, I appeared on the Vegas Stats and Information channel on VEASAN, and I went through these as well because every year I give them like my one favorite one um, to bet on. And, uh, and thankfully, the last two years, which is the last two years I've done it, absolutely crushed it for them. So I uh, make a lot of appearances on their show. So now we come to the point where we get to crush it this year on the team that I gave out. And... I'm going to wait on this a little bit, and I'll explain to you why. And we're going to talk about the San Francisco Giants here, and it's very scary that Joe and I see this the same way as free <laughs> as, as free money in 2020. But let's look at the total. On I feel points. like that's a, a dig at me, Craig Mish. I feel like you're... It's, uh... well, what, well, I hate to be just completely in line with anyone because I always feel like there's always a good contrarian approach to talk me out of something. I, okay. I hate feeling too good about something in gambling. I don't like it. It always feels like I felt so good about Clemson on Monday night. And they lost as a good example. 
So, uh, okay, so the San Francisco Giants on points bet their total is 72 and a half, and Caesars opened to Joe as 71, which is obviously a much better number, I think, more realistic number for them. I can't come up with a way that the Giants avoid even 100 losses. I think that this is probably the worst team in the National League. The only saving grace for them coming close to this number is the immovable major league contracts that they have. I don't know that they could trade Samarja. I don't know that they could trade Longoria. They obviously cannot trade Buster Posey. That's an immovable contract. That's not going anywhere. Belt is the only one that's sort of reasonable, but not really. 17 million or something insane? Like, and, and, uh, and Cueto, too. That's my issue with this. They have a core of about four or five major league players that are going to put up some compiling stats at the end of the year that could get them close to this number. Uh, that's my one thing that would be a negative toward betting in the under. The second one is that what is Arenado worth within the division if he leaves? As an example, if he leaves the NL West and the Rockies claim, Joe, that, oh, we're going to still compete if we trade Arenado. Okay, you're trading your best player, your franchise player, arguably the, the best third baseman in baseball, arguably a top 10 player in baseball. We're going to get something back to compete for this year. Excuse me. Don't buy that at all. I think they're tearing down if they trade Arenado. That's just me. If Arenado's gone and the Rockies decide to tear down right before the start of the season, which is possible, their win total's got to take a three or four win hit, which would push the Giants up to a half a win or a win as well. Um, that Those are the negatives. Here are the positives. This is a minor league team to me outside of those four players. They've done absolutely nothing in the offseason. Zero, zip, zilch outside of Gossman. And Gossman was like, oh my gosh, we have to have somebody that could throw 150 innings on this team. We don't even have anyone in the minors. They have no bullpen whatsoever. Will Smith is gone. Pomerantz is gone. They have no one to finish out a game. And they haven't added anything there either. Uh, Talent-wise, there is no one coming up in the minors, Joe, in June or July. Helio Ramos is the only one that's even legitimately has a chance. Why would they start a clock on that guy? It makes no sense. Yastrzemski was their best hitter last year. There's no chance of him repeating what he did last year. Their best offensive player was Kevin uh, Kevin Pillar. They cut him completely. (laughs) I I don't see how they avoid 100 losses, but I have to give both sides of the equation here to find a way for the Giants to get above this 71 or 72 wins. Have at it. (laughs) Well, I don't know, man. It seems like like you're arguing yourself into a circle. Well, I have to give both sides. I I want to give both sides. I can't tell you. Which side do you believe? I mean, which side? You're you're a man of baseball. I think the best best bet of of all the totals is under on the Giants this year. That's my number one bet. But I want to make sure that I illustrate reasons for and against because I don't I want to be transparent with it. There's always a chance that I could be wrong. Nothing to me states that the Giants are winning 73 games this year. I can't possibly find a way that they do it. I can't. I, I Their best pitcher, their best hitter, and both of their best relievers are gone, and they added Kevin Gossman, and that's it. The manager that they played so hard for for the past 20 years is gone. They have a new general manager. That is a building guy, not a win-now guy in Farhan Zaidi. I can't see it. This, to me, looks like easy money, but I want to make sure I present what's the possibility. Is there a chance Posey hits 15 home runs? Yes. Is there a chance Longoria hits 20 home runs? Yes. Is there a chance that Brandon Bell hits 20 home runs? Yes. And you know what? If they do and they're on the team the whole year, they're going to avoid 100 losses, Joe. They're going to probably win 65 or 66 games, and that could get them closer to 70. I need a team like this to tear everything down and go down to the bottom and lose 100. I, that's what would have to happen. I don't know that that will here. So 
five minutes on the Giants I just gave you. Yeah, you sure did. Boy, this was great. I just took this segment off. I love it. Uh, we, you know, we, we've really accomplished it. We've done a show about nothing, which is great because the show about nothing was one of the greatest sitcoms ever. When you just did five minutes on the Giants. That's, that's I was actually how, Well, tell me how the Giants win 73 games. Um, how the Giants win. I really I don't think there's an answer for that question of how they do. I, I don't. I mean, I know Samarja had a good season, but I look at the back of this rotation. I look at their ability, the ability of Cueto at this point in time to, I mean, be anything close to the Cueto of old. I think you're fooling yourself. I uh, look at the bottom of this order with Crawford, who's offensively gone backwards. He's a nice shortstop. I, I mean, Duggar and Dubon and all these guys. Brandon Belt is perpetually hurt and underperforming. I'd love, you know, I, I always wondered if Brandon Belt had been on another team in another ballpark if he would have had a better career. But you know what? The biggest thing that you mix out of this is Bochi being gone. And I feel like that's the biggest change. You know, there's something about, I still believe that being a baseball manager is the hardest job because you have to manage every single day for eight plus months, <laughs> spring training all the way through, right? And it's managing the personalities. And, and, and whenever there's a regime change like that, it just feels like this is a team in transition. And you know, a lot of things you said about the contract, right? I just I, I look at Evan Longoria being a player who's mostly done. I think Posey's pretty much done. Yeah, these are all they guys are on all the back pretty end. much done, but they're making too much money and they're clogging on from. But they're yeah. clogging their major leaguers. You're right. And as an example, teams that lose a hundred, Joe, do not have major leaguers. They have minor league players who are uh, who are no. In but in the same jerseys. thing, how many? How much time has Brandon Belt missed in his career? A no, lot. I know, but you can't. But I'm, you know. let let's look aside just from the injuries and assume that those guys are playing. Uh, I love situations where teams have totals in the 70s, and I know in July they're trying to get out from under them. I think the Giants are going to try to get out from all of these guys, but can they? Can they get rid of these players? If I'm telling you, you right never now, say never could, because teams have get in get in desperate mode sometimes where they have injuries and they need to go say, all right, well, you know what? Crap, Longoria is the best guy out there. Let's go get him. You know that that does happen. Oh, I don't know. I it's don't probably know that, unlikely. Who would pay but, that? Who would pay that salary? Oh my Seventy-two God. and a half. I can't get there with this team. I can't get there with this rotation. I can't get there with this offense. And you know what else they're missing too? They're missing that guy at the top named Madison Bumgarner. Who he's gone too. Every, <laughs> every five days. You could go, well, at least we got Bumgarner on the hill. You don't have that. Smarge is not that guy. I'm sorry. He's not the stopper. Of course guy. he's not. They would trade him in a second if they could. And you know what? That's the one piece where I think somebody will give you something for. Maybe so. Maybe that's the one. Pitching guy. is the one thing you could always take. And at least Samarja has shown to be pretty durable in his career. At least Samarja has coming off a very good year last year, one of his better seasons. When Samarja goes, who knows what this rotation is? 72 and a half. I'm sorry. This is an under for me. The other I thing, too, it. is that, you know, you're the Giants. You're six games under 500. Right at the All Star break or close mm-hmm. to it. So let's maybe just say you not, sit not, the old farts. I'm just saying. I, I don't know that you would, but but then you look at it. You're looking up at Arizona. You're looking up at San Diego. You're looking up at LA. They they know that they're not winning this division. There's no chance. There's right. no chance. And what other team in the NL can you say that about? Only the Pirates. That's it. Every other team. Well, the Marlins. But most teams in the NL, ninety percent of the teams are fighting for something this year. The Giants are not. You got news for you. They're looking up at the Rockies too right now. They are, and that's why the only I, I hope Arenado stays there for at least half the season because that would just I would hammer this total. So, so why don't you just wait for this one? Why don't you wait until the season starts? And if Arenado, well, not the not, season starts. Well, well I wait know, till March. Yeah, wait till March. Yeah, I, I, I just I will. But again, part of this show is getting the best number you can too. And um, you know, I'm afraid what, do you think this number goes down when Arenado gets traded. I think that that the I think that's giving seventy one has already gone to seventy one at Caesars. So points. Or I guess I should say. Do you think it goes up? My apologies is what I should say. You think it could, it, goes it, up. It, it could go up a half? 
could go up a half or one. I don't know, man. I, I just don't see. I don't see the art. You just mentioned these teams. The Dodgers are a juggernaut. The Diamondbacks are a team on the big upswing. Big upswing. Padres too. Think Padres are a much improved team. Much improved team. I don't see it. I just don't see it, man. Sorry. I and they don't I, have I, they don't I have think, Bumgarner. They don't have Bochi. All the leadership is gone. I think there's. The I think sixty four wins is what I see. I, I see them just avoiding a hundred losses. That's it. That's that's the best I see for this team. And again, you know, some of this is not players too. What's the message right now that the Giants are sending to us? Is it that we're oh we're all in, we're trying, we're trying? What have, what have they done? What have they done There's this offseason? They've torn it down, and they're going to continue the, the to tear Cubs, it down. The Cubs Mark's have done next. nothing, and they also have Javier Baez and Chris Bryant and all these and Wilson Contreras and you uh, Darvish. Like like they have players. The Giants have done nothing, and they have aging guys. So, you know, I, it's it's a very difficult thing because they have an arguably one of the best fan bases in all of baseball. Top three, top four fan base. They sell that place out. People go to those games and they and look what they did last year. They didn't trade. They barely made any moves because they wanted to fight for Bochi in his last year. What did that get to them? Seventy seven wins. Right. Something like that. Yeah. I mean, they, they're taking at least a minus 10 this year. Did we just so. do an entire segment on the Giants? Did that just happen? Well, we did because I'm going to all my entire bankroll is going on this under this. Year. <laughs> well, I'm glad <laughs> I think it should. <laughs> I mean, you know, uh, how does it get better? That's the question. Like, where does it get better than 72? And you just can't answer that question. No, I'm sorry. No, this is this is the one. I think this is the one. And the division is going to help you because the Dodgers are deep. The oh, Dodgers, Dodgers lineup does not. Same. Right. So, yeah. I mean, like just the Dodgers being there, even if, even if the Diamondbacks don't, even if they underachieve. Still, they're still a an team. eighty win team, right? Even, and you know what? It's hard. Even if they the the Padres overachieve a little, like they look. Even if the Padres underachieve, they're an eighty win. They're probably an eighty win team too. You're even right. if the Dodgers underachieve, they're a ninety five win team. And 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 even if the Rockies aren't good, they're still better than the Giants. I think. Do you do that? You should probably go in, and you know how many games there are. You should probably you know you know what the total games played in Major League Baseball for all the teams. It's very simple math. Happen you should out. go in there and put that all into a spreadsheet. And when you work out the lows, why don't you do that? I will. Maybe I'll do that for you because mathematically speaking, there's only so I, many wins. I, I want to do. I want to go on points bet and do it on points bet. They got a much uh, higher total. Seventy two and a half is what they have. Yeah, for the Giants. Will you go in on that with me or no? Well, you won't, you won't go in at the number I want to go in. That's the problem. I'll, I can go in with you. It doesn't have to be the same number. Okay, we're going to. Last time I went at the same number with you, I'm, I'm still we, uh, we, weeping we, of Gardner we Minshew's burned, mustache. We burned Minshew money. <laughs> I don't even remember that. Okay, uh, we'll come back and wrap it up with some 2020 Screen Actors Guild Awards. Yes, you heard that right. Look away. Want to be the next Daily Fantasy Millionaire? Dunk on your NBA DFS competition with DailyRoto.com and dominate on FanDuel and DraftKings this season. Compete with the pros with DailyRoto.com, Optimizer, and the most accurate projections in NBA DFS, plus lineup alerts, breaking news, late swap support, and much more. Save 10% on winning NBA DFS advice with promo code DUNK. Visit DailyRoto.com backslash DUNK to learn more. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Joe Pizzapia. All right, welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. We've uh, we've expired on all of our fantasy baseball and fantasy football content. Uh, we've we've hit on a lot of it. Okay, but what I want to do is because I've seen some movies that are up for the Academy Awards. I would love to discuss them just a little bit more in one segment, and we figured we would do this today. Why would we do it? Because Joe is blessed with being able to vote for the 2020 Screen Actors Guild Awards, 
because Joe, of course, in a former life was uh, an actor and still plays one on on fantasy radio as well. Occasionally. That's right. I played the part of Joe Pizzapia. The role of Joe Pizzapia today will be played by Joe Pizzapia. So let's get into it. <laughs> well done. All right. So let's get into it. So um, we'll start at the top. OK, so the way the SAG Awards work is that, you know, they're all actors, which is actually, you know, fine because you're rewarding not just film, but you're also doing television. So I'm sure you have some opinions about this as well. Whereas the Academy Awards, you know, they get bogged down with, you know, makeup artists and, and film editing, things like that, that most lay people just don't understand even how half of the things work. And they're giving out the awards and stuff like that. But this is all about the things you know. It's about the cast. It's about the people that you watch on the screen. So cast in a motion picture. The uh, the nominees are Bombshell, The Irishman, ugh, Jojo Rabbit, and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Now, full disclosure, I did see Bombshell because I get sent these movies. I agree with you. It was a disappointing movie. I was actually at high expectations. I thought it would be good. It was kind of flat. The performances were good, but eh. Irishman? snooze fest i just i didn't like wow. it. wow okay like snooze fest irishman's a three-hour snooze fest that will never get back uh and as far and as far as as cast in a motion picture and acting i'm telling you right now i just watched jojo rabbit last night nothing comes close to this all right this so movie, that, that's one i'm gonna have to check out you're gonna you, have to check this you have out a very strong recommendation i haven't seen once upon a time in hollywood yet but i've seen enough tarantino movies i know the score i am gonna vote for jojo rabbit because it was so different and it was satire and it was funny and it was poignant and it was terrifying. I mean, okay. a Nazi comedy. You don't get a lot of those, but that's that's what it was. Right. And it's worth seeing. Let me tell you. So uh, from what uh, you've seen, what I have you to go on your on your recommendation there. But if, if let's say, you you know, you haven't seen Jojo of the ones you've saw, you saw Irishman and Bombshell. Obviously, you didn't like a Bombshell, I believe. Bombshell's right? nominated for cast in a motion picture. Yeah. Again, it's about supporting cast. This was about it's about the cast as an ensemble oh. as actors. And the acting was quite good. Charlize Theron was very good. Nicole Kidman was good. Margot Robbie it? was good. I saw Bombshell. It was good. They were that? good in it. I thought they were good performances. I didn't care about anything. I, I don't know why. It's so just, boring. Yeah, it felt like a docudrama, you know? Like you were watching one of those, and this is what happened. I mean, I, happened. I like every Tarantino movie, so I'm just going to go. Oh, you know what? I'm going to go. I oh, like wait, the there's Ir- one more, Parasite, which I did not see yet. I didn't either, see that. Yeah. So. I'm going to go with, uh, I didn't see Jojo Rabbit either, so this, is, this stinks because, uh, you know, this is. I would we'll I have to go off after. your movie recommendations yeah. here. This is like not a Jojo girl, Rabbit's one of the best movies I've seen in years. Here. No, it's not. It's not. Um, I'm going to go with The Irishman. Okay. All right. Uh, male actor in the leading role. You've got Christian Bale, Ford versus Ferrari, Leonardo DiCaprio, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Adam Driver for Marriage Story, Taron Egerton for Rocketman, and Joaquin Phoenix for Joker. Obviously, Joaquin Phoenix is going to win. Can it's obvious. That? Yeah. You can. It's, and you know what? He deserves it. It's an incredible performance. Female yeah. actor in a lead role, uh, Cynthia Arrivo for Harriet Scarlett Johansson for marriage story, Lupita Nyong'o for us, uh, Charlize Theron and bombshell and Renee Zellweger playing Judy uh, Garland and Judy. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know where to go with this one. I am. I'm, I'm out. Did you see us? Did you, are you a, you're a horror kind of guy. I did not see. I, I, uh, I saw, I saw get out, get out, scared the hell out of me. <laughs> I did not see us. Oof, I did, did not see, see Harriet. Uh, I don't know that I did. I don't think I did. Oh, oh, oh man! If you like that, you like that kind of stuff. Ah, uh, no, not really. Not you really. Want to tell me about the cats thing? And the no, I know, but I just fell upon. I fell into the cats thing. It wasn't that I knew what was happening there. Get out is. I actually said about a half hour into the movie when something happened to one of these characters. I went, get out! Like, in my, like out loud. I actually said it because like, oh my god, this is a bad place. Don't be here anymore. Uh, I I'll tell you what. Just a prediction standpoint. 
I think from a prediction standpoint, I think uh, the girl playing Harriet Tubman, I think, is going to win. Okay, yeah, that sounds right. But is Scarlett Johansson nominated for like leading and support in the same movie or something? She, no, different movies. Oh, She's different nominated movies. Okay. for supporting in the Academy Awards as well for Jojo Rabbit. She plays the mother. And she was terrific in that. So okay. she might win That's because she's nominated twice. I think she'll win. So we'll jump there. Scarlett Johansson, Jojo Rabbit for supporting actress, Laura Dern, Marriage Story, Nicole Kidman, Bombshell, Jennifer Lopez in Hustlers. So Jennifer Lopez getting a, getting a SAG award. Interesting. And Margot Robbie for Bombshell. Uh, my guess is, is Scarlett Johansson gets it. That's how good she was in Jojo Rabbit. So okay. that's uh, now. Well. Did you think any of the uh, Bombshell ones were worthy? No, of? no, no. no. Did you see Marriage Story? I haven't seen that. All right, male actor in a supporting role. Good old Tom Hanks, beautiful day in the neighborhood. Al Pacino, hoo for the Irishman. Oh, we got a, we got a three and a half hours of me going hoo yeah. Uh, Brad Pitt, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Joe Pesci for the Irishman, and Jamie Foxx for this new one that's out, Just Mercy, which is out in theaters right now. I didn't see right that now. either. I did, well, it just I came would out. Def- I, would, I, I would take Tom Hanks in this one. I, uh, really I would agree, because I think from actors voting for other, and remember, this is all actors voting for actors, Gotcha. Is who doesn't love Tom Hanks? Everybody I mean, does. I mean, really, is Tom Hanks the most beloved person in America? In America? Yeah, I know it's a. I mean, can do you think of somebody who's more An universally a loved? No, just not, just person who doesn't like Tom Hanks. Uh, yeah, who I mean, that sounds right. Who's yeah. like, man, f that guy. <laughs> I hated like. big, <laughs> or or man, I have no respect for him because all those, you know, that incredible performances and the, all the stuff he did for the World War II. I wish, I wish he never got off that island. <laughs> yeah, you know, stay on that island. Hey, Ian Wilson can go to hell. Yeah, I mean, between a league of their own, you're right. You're right. Be- between yeah. big, I mean, very well liked. Yeah, I don't know. He might. I mean, he's like the most popular American. I feel like, right. I, um, I, w- I would need some time on this, but it does sound accurate. All right. Uh, let's see. What about TV? You watch any TV? Where are we at here with this? I'm scrolling. We're, we're at TV. So uh, ensemble drama series. So this is the actors. We've got Big Little Lies, The Crown, Game of Thrones, Handmaid's Tale, and Stranger Things. Now, I am Mr. Part. Game of Thrones, but the I've last season that. I cannot vote for best acting. I'm sorry. I just It wasn't enough for them to do. Can I just uh, vote for what I've seen or no? Sure. Stranger Things. <laughs> That's all I got here. <laughs> uh, let's see. How about uh, male act? I didn't see the morning show. Do you have the Apple TV? I, you have to have Apple TV. I did not see it. That's the hard part now. It's like now nothing is on any. Like you have to have everything in order to see anything. And I haven't seen the morning show. So a bunch either. of people are nominated for that. So see, I'm just I see we thought the segment was everything that we've seen. And it turns out I've seen nothing again. Turns out, well, so w- would you vote for? I know you've seen these two things: David Harbour and Stranger Things. Yes, who I'm a big fan of. Or Peter Dinklage in Game of Thrones. Would you? Who would you think is uh, between those two guys? Uh Game of Thrones. You know Peter Dinklage. Peter Dinklage yeah. I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan. A uh, female actor in a drama series, Jennifer Aniston, The Morning Show, Helena Bottom Carter, The Crown, Olivia Coleman, The Crown. She's going to win, by the way. Uh, Jodie Cromer, Killing Eve, and Elizabeth Moss, The Handmaid's Tale. Uh, I just think Olivia Coleman's going to win because she's just awesome. So that's, and I haven't seen The Crown. I, I, but I these are, don't this is where it. I have to take your word for these things. All right. You're a comedy guy. Can we do the comedies or no? Have you seen The Kaminsky Method? I've heard that's very good. I, I have not seen any of these. Yeah. We, we, we watch too much sports now. That's the problem. Because then the Kaminsky methods mounting for all the uh, the the other ones and going through all that stuff. And uh, then you get and you know what I love about this, too? They actually do the stunt teams, which I think is great. So they do stunt team in an in a ensemble motion picture, which 
if it's not Avengers Endgame, then nobody should win a stunt award <laughs> because that some of the fighting and stuff in that movie is incredible. I, Same thing. Comment? Yeah, sure. This is not turning. This segment's not turning out as well as I. Uh, well, yeah, I you just did 12 minutes on the Giants. You That's really think true. everybody wanted to hear that. That's true. You know, I mean, come on. Fair and point. we'll wrap it up here. Stunt ensemble in a comedy or drama series. You have to give it to Game of Thrones, although although the violence in the Watchmen was very, very well done. But you, you when know, people have swords and armor and things like that going on, you have to give it to them. So that's that's it. So, I, I mean, I would like you to watch The Watchmen because I think it's that's the biggest snub here as far as I'm concerned, because I don't see Regina King's name here. And she was the performance of TV of the year. So I don't know what's going on there. Bad job. Bad job. SAG Awards. Regina King incredible in the watchman she was a tour de force and i don't think i've ever used that phrase before have you ever used that phrase tour de force no Greg? i have not i have not no. listen in theory this was a good idea to try but um, we tried it, as we it tried. turns out i didn't i didn't see a lot well, you of hyped it. me up I, you're I, like I, i've seen all these things i feel uh, you like know I'm you're excited. right it's, this is not honestly this is my fault because i i felt like i had seen a lot as it turns out going from seeing zero percent to 15 percent still does not make enough to craft a 15 minute radio segment. <laughs> well i'll That's tell you this good. we'll end it on this and then we could go transfer to more sports stuff because i'm sure you got something to talk about of course i was jojo rabbit i know i got joker and joker i'm saying and joker Joker, i'm gonna joker in the net before we come back uh to the show well i don't like this you're not gonna watch it this week you know the weekend in between the super bowl that's when you can get to watch it i'm gonna get i'm gonna get the joker in i'm gonna you got no college football now you got no nfl next weekend basketball is just punching me in the face are you a college basketball guy gotta get into it this time of the year yeah gotta start preparing for march on that yep look at you Look at you. Can't do, can't do shows. Can't do shows and talk about like, you know, about things that are going to happen in March without um, starting now. Yeah, that's that's really the once conference play starts in college basketball and I'm doing these live streams with Howard and we're talking about the tournament and we do three weeks of tournament stuff. And I'm making how'd that go last year for you? You guys were successful. Uh, with the tournament talk? I do. I think horribly, I think. <laughs> so maybe you should watch less. <laughs> No, no. In in general, in general, last year. Um. Well, here's the here's the deal with with sports with me. When uh, favorites win, I lose. That's, yeah, that's, you that's you the hate summer. the favorite, which is funny. And, and isn't I, the favorite and, and easy money most of the time? Never. Oh, no, no, it's, no, it's opposite. No, it's the opposite. Okay. We're, you, we we you are going to do better taking dogs and favorites. You should understand that from the picks this year in the NFL. Well, from the NFL perspective, yes, but I didn't know if basketball that was the same thing in the tournament. In the tournament, that's the way it works. But last the tournament year, historically, but last year it did not. Right. All the well, favorites it, won. Right, and and I was just going to say, is is that a trend where you're seeing some like a bigger no. separation between no. some of these college programs and basketball? No, what was he, he, uh, you you off the top of your head? I know that you're not a big college basketball fan. No, at all, zero. So I'll, I'll kind of explain to you. Two years ago, uh, Virginia, right? Mm-hmm. Are you you're aware of their college basketball? Yes, okay. I am. Okay, Virginia is a team that plays this very uh, slow, methodical, down tempo style. They win games sixty to fifty, fifty to forty. And two years ago in the NCAA tournament, as an example, Virginia lost to a sixteen seed. I don't know if you remember this. The one lost to the sixteen. Yes, that was the, the first opening. time it ever happened. Right. Right. And so, who won the championship last year? The one seed. Virginia won the whole right. thing. So going against Virginia and making a living against Virginia in the tournament was a great thing. And then when they win the whole thing, you know that you're in big trouble. <laughs> and that's what happened last year is Virginia mm-hmm. basically played that methodical style to win. Um, 
And so in general, when it comes to March, the you know, the March madness, the dogs win. Oh, my gosh. Look at that. Unbelievable. That didn't happen last oh, year. And a lot of that happens. Well, but a lot of that always historically, isn't it always like the which one is it? That's like every year. Is it five, the six, 12, five, 12, five, 12, right? The five, 12. Everyone's like, oh, the five, 12. The didn't five, happen 12, last you know, year. Because, didn't happen last year. Yeah. yeah. Well, one time yeah. I had my three year old daughter at the time fill out a bracket and I posted it with a, in a group of people to prove that, you know, you could think, you know, something about college basketball. And I just literally went game by game with her and she would say things like hey, Gonzaga that's a funny name and then she would put you know I'd say who do you want to win this team or this team and she would just say it based on whatever she no, thought and that's she finished true. in the middle of the pack <laughs> no that, that's true but there's a massive difference in the brackets as opposed to against the spread like that's that's the that's oh, what absolutely. I'm, 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 well, allu- guess, I'm alluding that I'm not alluding to brackets I'm alluding to this to against and, the spread. and I guess that's my next question which is do you also you, you go game by game rather than somebody who does a lot of brackets per se when you go to March Madness oh I'll do the brackets but what I'll do is within the games is uh, you know if there's uh, let's so there's yeah if there's 10 games in a day or 12 games in a day what I'll do is pick five you know like pick the five best of that day like you're you're forced to be in a situation during the tournament to pick games you got to pick the games against spread it has to be done whereas today on January 16th I could look at college's 20 game schedule and I'll make one or two picks I don't have to do it I mean it's just like a luxury but when you get to the tournament everybody wants to know who's going to win you have to do it it's like the NFL playoffs you got to have a pick All right, we'll come back with the final segment. It's the two-minute drill. Don't go away. Want to be the next Daily Fantasy Millionaire? Dunk on your NBA DFS competition with DailyRoto.com and dominate on FanDuel and DraftKings this season. Compete with the pros with DailyRoto.com, Optimizer, and the most accurate projections in NBA DFS, plus lineup alerts, breaking news, late swap support, and much more. Save 10% on winning NBA DFS advice with promo code DUNK. Visit DailyRoto.com backslash DUNK to learn more. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Joe Pizzapia. Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. As we end the show here on this Wednesday, we end with our two-minute warning. The two-minute warning. Two minutes, get your sh- together. Is that going to be enough time? Okay, we're going to end the show today with the way that we started it, a little ridiculousness. I got a lot of respect for college football players and, and players that grinded out and achieving their dreams at the collegiate level. Just did an interview with a heck of a college player uh, for my podcast and Peyton Burdick. You can catch that over at swingsandmishes.com. Go to my Twitter handle, at Craig Mish, or at swingsandmishes, Peyton Burdick, Marlins prospect. And the grind that these kids go to to get to where they are, this kid in particular, a hitter who had Tommy John surgery, is incredible. And then to sully that with this dude, Odell Beckham Jr., who had to make this story more about him than actually LSU winning the championship and Joe Burrow having to come out and say that ODB Jr. gave out real money to the players is just insane. Like, we got to end this stuff. I'm all for fun. I'm all for joking. I'm all for players showing their ability and also showing their personality. But you're not even on LSU. Like, why make it about you? Why even try to make it about you? I mean, Beckham could have just watched the game. We we would question why Beckham is even celebrating so emphatically with players that he never even played with and have fun with that. But it had to be him giving money to dudes at the end of the game? Why? What purpose does it serve? Don't get it. Don't understand it. And now he's probably put himself in a position where his alma mater can't even go on the sideline of games anymore. Good job. 
That'll do it for the show. Thanks again to our producer, Sean Guastamaki, for my co-host, Joe Pizzapia. I'm Craig Mish. We got Dr. Roto coming up next, full-time fantasy. I'm sure some discussion on the FSGA draft. And we will be back tomorrow with a full breakdown against the spread of both the AFC Championship and the NFC Championship, as well as some props on FanDuel of the over-unders on all the players. That's coming up tomorrow. Have a great rest of your Thursday. Joe and I will be back noon Eastern. Talk to you tomorrow. See ya.